Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. It's hard to believe it's already been a year since last Mother's Day. And um, I have a story that I want to share with you today. And it has to do with a mother, her daughter, and a new baby. I have three children. I have a boy, Jameson. I have a daughter, Shoshana. And our youngest is Elizabeth. And Jameson gave us three grandchildren. And Elizabeth gave us five grandchildren. And our daughter, Shoei, had never got married and we embraced her life because she loved being single and she always felt that if God ever had someone for her that he would bring him to her and he did and she got married to a wonderful man on October 6th 2018 and nine months later she told us the most awesome news that she was going to have a baby and all of you know how exciting that is. The anticipation and expectation of this new baby was overwhelming, to say the least. A baby that we never fathomed would be part of our lives or our family. And this being show's first baby, I admit I had dreams of how it would unfold and nothing went as planned. I'm an idealistic person by nature. Simply put, unrealistically aiming for perfection. <laughs> but there is always a lesson. Shoshana, when she got pregnant, she wasn't 20 or 25. She was in her 30s. So she had some things that she had to overcome. She developed gestational diabetes. Um, she also had a a disease called SPD, which is a painful condition. She had trigger finger and three fingers and a painful condition of the tendons in her thumb and the side of her wrist on one of her hands. Having already had two neck surgeries and a back surgery, now because of the pandemic, she couldn't go to her massage therapist to help relieve the pain of that. And she had endured a lot. So as her mother you know, talking to her every day um, and hearing the different things that she was going through. As time went on, I started getting anxious and concerned as, as mothers would. And, but I always gave her the word of the Lord. I always quoted scripture. I always encouraged or tried to encourage her heart and that God knows where she is and that this baby was a gift from him and we were so excited and she endured and made it to the end she was scheduled for surgery april 16th for a c-section because of her back surgeries she couldn't go through um, normal labor and delivery so she was scheduled and just prior to the delivery they discovered that she had preeclampsia which is a very serious and dangerous condition her blood pressure was 230 over 106. 
she could have died, and her doctor said that it was divine intervention that she survived that circumstance. She delivered um, on Thursday and was expected, this is what, what she and I were expecting, <laughs> that she would be home on Saturday. That sounded reasonable to us. Because of the complica complications, she came up, she ended up coming home on Tuesday of the following week. So I prayed a lot. I knew it was the best and the greatest thing that I could do for her. And as a mother, I still struggled watching my girl from a distance and being able to do nothing for her. So I prayed. During the time uh, that she was in the hospital, she couldn't leave the room, and neither could Michael. So she was in a small room because they put women with C-sections in small rooms so they don't have to walk very far. But this was difficult because... Because of the pandemic, no one was allowed to go into the hospital. Nobody was allowed to, to be with the mother except the father. And once he went into the hospital, he couldn't leave because if he left, he couldn't come back. So Michael and Shoshana were in this tiny, tiny little room, and they were taking care of their baby. Well, Shoshana, um, because of the blood pressure um, uh, of... Uh, the seriousness of her blood pressure, they attached her to a cuff. She couldn't get out of bed. She couldn't change her baby. She could hardly nurse her baby, and her husband had to do everything. So when God gave us, to Mi gave us Michael, he knew what he was giving us because that, that man went above and beyond, you know, what a husband should endure, and we're grateful that he, that he was able to do that. All my dreams of being there with Shoshana at the delivery were dashed. I looked forward with great joy to be in the room with her and seeing her new baby and having that time with her in the hospital. Every mother dreams that. I mean, I've had, I've had eight grandchildren, and every circumstance was easy. The mothers gave birth. We were there and saw the babies within seconds. I mean, it, they were wonderful experiences. So during that nine months of Shoei carrying her baby, that's all I was thinking is that we were going to share in a baby that we never f knew we were ever going to have an experience. And so um, we had to endure being outside in the parking lot when she gave birth to her baby because we couldn't go in the hospital. And I remember just feeling, well, I, I'll be honest with you, I felt cheated. I felt cheated because I knew this was going to be our last grandbaby. And this was from Shoshana. And it was her first. And it was like the most awesome thing that I felt like I could ever experience. And so the pandemic hit. And all my dreams were dashed. But her dad and I drove up to Glens Falls to sit in the parking lot while she gave birth. And Michael kept us posted on the phone and was telling us play by play of what, what was happening. And so when they were ready, we went, to the wind, we went to the front door of the hospital. And right above the door was Shoshana and Michael standing. Michael was standing with, Shoei couldn't be there because she was in bed. But um, she was, he, Michael was standing there with a brand new baby. And that's how we were introduced to our new grandson for the first time. Well, Shoshana kept, you know, she would call me and kind of give me updates on what was going on. But I wasn't there. 
I never talked to the doctor, never talked to the nurses, and Michael and Shoei weren't giving us all the information. They were kind of uh, keeping us abreast of things, but we had no idea the seriousness of what was going on with her. And so she gave birth on Thursday. Sunday is when she finally shared the what was going on and she called me on the phone and what was happening was Shoshana had to be in her bed with a, a cuff on her arm and they were taking her blood pressure every 15 minutes which means it was it was um it was automatic and so she could never sleep she um every time every 15 minutes the cuff would go off but those cuffs are real tight and they they had to know what her blood pressure was and so she probably didn't get sleep for about four days and then finally they had the baby go to the nursery and Shoei was able to get a few hours sleep but in the meantime her blood pressure was spiking constantly and I didn't know but she had become fearful because she came to the understanding that this was not going to be easy and she wasn't going to overcome it like she did the diabetes. Once the baby's out with gestational diabetes, you are fine. It, you know, your, your blood levels go to normal, and, but, with, but with preeclampsia, that's not the case. And so she called me on Sunday, and she kept calling every time her blood pressure spiked. And as her mother, I'm an emotional person, and I prayed a lot during her pregnancy. I prayed a lot when she went into the hospital. And I <clears throat> remember on that particular Sunday, my husband was at the church working, and I was becoming more and more alarmed uh, about her physical state. And, and then I emotionally just kind of lost it. My mind, my humanity, took over the thoughts of what could happen. So... I mean, I just carried it way, way over what it really should have been. And I called my husband and said, you better get over here because I need your help. And he came. And I was, I've been serving God 50 years. And I can't ever remember ever one time being angry with God or what he decided or, or the circumstances that happened. There were lots of times when I was disappointed, lots of times when I dealt with hurt. You know, lots of times in 50 years that, you know, um, you know, I dealt with negative things that we had to deal with. But never did I feel angry. And now for the first time, my baby was had a baby, and now she was in trouble. And I remember being so angry, and I just verbalized to my husband how I was feeling. And he just was so gentle and so understanding. And, and really tried to help me to understand, you know, you got to change your attitude. So he left and went back to the church, and I went into our living room, and I cried out to God, and I was so honest with him. And I told him how upset I was and how angry I was and how I didn't understand and how there was no doctor to talk to. There was no one to tell me the circumstances. No one was able to say to me, Susan, she's going to be okay all I kept hearing were all, was all the negative. And I cried out to him and I said, Jesus, I know that my attitude is wrong. I know that I, and, and I'm upset and I can't control it. So I'm coming to you and I'm asking you if you would change my attitude, if you would take the anger away. Because I was afraid. I was dealing with fear. And, and it's amazing when you deal with something as close as your child, how you really see things about yourself you didn't know. 
that you aren't trusting the way you should and that God is able, but that you're not letting him help you when you allow yourself to get into that state. So an hour later, Shoshana texted me, and I couldn't believe the text that she sent me. And she said that she realized that what was happening to her was bigger than her and Michael and that God had a plan. And basically what she did, did was she preached to me in that text message. And as I read how that their decision was to pray not for healing, but to pray, God, whatever you want to come out of this, then, then that's what we want. When I read those words, it, I felt like a balloon deflated. That balloon of wrong attitudes and anger, it, it's like all of a sudden the air was just totally let out of it. And I realized, oh my goodness, I was being selfish and self-centered and not trusting God and want, like, almost like a little kid that wants his own way. That, that's how I realized what I looked like. I, I looked like a little kid that was just laying on the floor, kicking their feet and saying, I want it my way. And God, through Shoshana, helped me to see that, that he is able and that he is, is the one that orchestrates our life and that we just need to trust him. We just need to lean on him and understand that he has a plan. And so from that moment to right now, that fear left, the anger left, the attitude left, and needless to say, I've repented to him several times since that day. And I am so grateful that he is so patient and so kind and so understanding and so caring. I, I'm so grateful that I've known him and that this is all he's proved to me all these years about how wonderful he is. And I'm so grateful for that. Well, anyway, um, Anyway, we were st able to stand in the parking lot, and we thank God that we had a room, that they had a room where the window faced the parking lot, and the best we could do was see the baby through the window. Two weeks prior to delivery, we had to go into quarantine in order to be able to hold the baby when he got home. This is what their doctors wanted, you know, and this is what we had decided that we would do, and the doctors were thrilled that we were willing to comply. We had to cut ourselves off from the rest of the family, including our other grandchildren. Not that we were handling our grandchildren, because we weren't, but we would see them from a distance. And we would, you know, go and, and, and you know, uh, stand in the parking lot. And they would be at the front door, and we would converse back and forth. But we stopped even doing that. Um, our church... Um, our church people helped us by going to the store and doing things for us, which we are eternally grateful. They went to the market, um, and, and they would go several places. And we had a couple people from the church that were willing to do that. And, and, and all I can say is, having a church family is my second greatest blessing. The appreciation that I feel and the love that I have is so great, I can hardly put it into words how much they all mean to us. To know that we had people to rely on in a situation that was so really dire. It was really dire. We wanted to see our baby. We wanted to be there for Shoshana and Michael. And the only way we could do that was to quarantine and to cut ourselves off completely. I'm just saying until she actually got home and we could see and hold Ritz, it was very difficult. 
And it remained difficult even after she got home because even though we could hold Ritz, we couldn't hold any of our other grandchildren yet because as long as we were in quarantine and we were dealing with the baby, we could not handle other people. We could not be around other people. We couldn't, um, you know, I mean, even our son, our daughter, and their spouses, um, there, was no, there was no contact. And I know others have faced worse both before and because of the pandemic. And I'm not trying to diminish their pain, but I'm just telling about my experience during this time. And I want you to know that Jesus cares about what we're going through, no matter how serious or how trivial you may think it is. Compared to some, my experience may seem trivial, but it wasn't to me. Not as a mother of a daughter who's having a baby for the first time. No one in our family um, had had a C-section before. So I was nervous and I was anxious and Jesus spoke to me in a way that I could not know, that, that I could know beyond the shadow of a doubt that it was him. So this is a miraculous thing that happened to me two weeks before the baby was due and I was just overwhelmed. What happened was I got a card in the mail from a woman who I knew when I was 17 and first came to God. And, but we didn't have a relationship, you know, for many years. You know, we didn't talk. She was not in my life. And, um, and it was like, like, it was like a, out of the clear blue, you know, like surprising type thing. So I opened the card, and I began to read the card. And as I began to read the card, her name faded. And the name Jesus came in front of that card. Because she spoke things to me that only Jesus would know. He's the one that I would go to every morning and tell him how I felt and what I was afraid of and what I was anxious about. He was the one. But he used this woman. And see, I realized a couple weeks later that the reason he used her is because if he had used someone in my life that knows me, that spends time with me, that, you know, that, you know, we have a relationship, it wouldn't have meant as much. It would have kind of gone over my head, oh, what a nice car. Those were nice things that she said. But this was totally different because this was someone I do not have a relationship with on a daily basis. She's someone I knew when I was a young girl. And I just want to share with you some of the things that she said to me. Thinking of you during this time of isolation and sheltering in, I imagine Shoei's about due, and I'm sure you have concerns and added stress. Uh, during this um, world situation, uh, while praying for you, I felt the desire to remind you of all, in capital letters, the times that God has brought you through. Now, she would know this because I was a young girl, and we've known each other through the years, but she's not someone I spend time with. She doesn't go to my church. You know, uh, like I said, we don't have a day-to-day -day relationship. Of all the times that God has brought you through, through personally and with every need or problem of your family, recalling old Webster Street, because that's where I was saved at 17, a little church with 30 people. The old Webster Street days, and we were so young, and God has kept us all these years from our youth. And I know this for a fact. He will continue to do so because he is a faithful father. These are things I needed to be reminded of, that I was young once, and that God was able through all those years to keep me 
and all the different things that I faced. I had a stroke and, you know, different things that I went through that God kept me and I needed someone to remind me because my mind and heart were so filled with, you know, concern and care, you know. His loving hand is upon Shoei and he will see her through and constantly watch over her with his tender care. This, I didn't realize, is something I needed to hold on to because we were facing something really serious. But at this time, when this card first came, I did not know that. This is a time when God is bringing us back on our knees, searching out that deep faith and hiding in its secret place. You know how to find that place, Susan, in Jesus. Praying God gives you sweet comfort in, the, in him, that he lifts all worry and anxiety and brings the peace that passes all understanding. And that's what I needed, peace that passes all understanding. It's all in his hands. Nothing surprises our God. May Jesus wrap his arms around you and hold you close as you fix your eyes upon Jesus. The heaviness will lift. I know he has never failed you because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God sees it all, knows it all, and is right there with you and your family, praying for you and yours during this season. I needed these words so desperately at that time, and I read this card every day. And every time I read it, I would cry because I knew that Jesus was speaking to me. And he took the time to speak to a woman who was friends of mine as a young girl when I was 17, about things that only Jesus knew about. He only knew what was going through my heart. He knew the concerns about Shoei. He knew everything. But these weren't things I talked to everyone about. These are only things I kept within my own heart. It turns out God was preparing me for a very difficult time in my life. And he does that. This was for me from him. This was a message from his very heart to me, to help me to have something to hold on to, to remind me how great he is and that I'm important to him, and so is Shoshana. But he doesn't do that just for me or just for mothers. In John's second epistle, he wrote to mothers, John, uh, 2 John 1.1, 1, 1, the elder, to the lady chosen by God and to her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all who know the truth. But he also wrote to the rest of you in that first epistle. In the second chapter of his first book, he said, I'm writing to you, dear children. I'm writing to you, fathers. I'm writing to you, young men. So it's not just me that God writes to. God writes to all of us, whether it be in the word of God, whether it be a word from someone's mouth to encourage you, to lift you, to show love to you, to care about you. So on this Mother's Day, let me wish you all of our, let, let me wish all of our mothers a very happy Mother's Day. But let me encourage all that Jesus is on his throne and the blessings of God are for all of us, not just me, not just Shoshana, not just, you know, other people in our church, but everybody, 
everyone. Jesus is just waiting for people to come to him. He wants to touch and bless, and he wants to, he wants to um, uplift our lives, and he wants to fulfill the dreams of our heart. Jesus cares about you. And thank you for listening to my story. And I want to tell you, it was a very difficult time, but we have learned so much through it. We have learned how great God is. We've learned that he is consistent, that he will never leave us nor forsake us, that he will never fail. He will never fail. So thank you so much for spending Mother's Day with me. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.